0: Welcome to the Columbus Connection, a weekly public affairs program produced in, for, and about Columbus County, North Carolina. Now here's your host, the managing editor of Columbus County News, Jefferson Weaver.
1: Hello everyone, this is Jefferson Weaver with ColumbusCountyNews.com and WTXY. You're on the Columbus Connection, we're on one of our special episodes again. I'm here today with Chris Worley, District 4 Board of Education Candidate. Chris, thank you for coming in today, man.
2: Yes, thank you for inviting me. It's a joy to be here. So
1: why why do you want to be on the school board for Columbus County?
2: Well, I've got three children. They're uh, from 17 to 10, two girls and a little boy. And I've followed well, You've got two through. girls
1: and a boy, bless your heart.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like I said, a 17-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. So. Me and him end up in the back room sometimes <laughs> but But um, that's mainly my focus. I've, I've followed them like most fathers would do and been involved with our local school, Williams Township, South Columbus. And I just I feel like i got a unique um, purpose and point of view to bring to the board.
1: What well, do you feel like some of the challenges that the schools are facing nowadays?
2: Well, number one is... Is teachers we we got shortfalls in teachers, shortfall in in money. Uh, I do believe some things are headed in the right direction with the existing board and uh, the structures. We have the new schools going. I think that's a a great thing. Uh, there had to be some compromise and sacrifice for to to build those schools and to move forward. But I think that's headed in the right direction.
1: Well. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about the critical race theory stuff that's going on, you know, nationally and you know, at the state level. And you hear, hear different views about whether or not it's, you know, being or becoming an issue in Columbus County. How do you feel about that?
2: I feel like it doesn't have a place in the school system. Um, I think we're there to educate all children equally. And I just feel like it drives a certain side that is biased in my opinion. Uh, I've coached children of, of all groups and there's nothing greater than seeing a, a child succeed and I just feel like this is going down the wrong path to one particular view that that may or may not be what represents Columbus County.
1: Well, yeah. how do you think we're doing on infrastructure, Nate? I mean, we mentioned the new schools that are going up.
2: And yes, mm-hmm. I failed to mention I am a general contractor by trade, um, so I can bring a lot to the table on that. So you got you got an idea
1: about where you know you know when money is right on building something and when it's like, "Hey, oh, whoa, wait a minute here."
2: Yes, sir. And like I said, I think that's been lacking um, a long time on the school board. We got some people in good positions in our maintenance program and, and our directors, but uh, and I am we do more commercial work. It's a little bit different than residential, so I'm very familiar. With the school buildings, we uh, tend not to do any quite that large, but I know all the ins and outs of the contracts and and how to see what we're getting for our money.
1: That that's something that I personally appreciate and respect when I see anybody. It doesn't matter the party, doesn't matter the board, doesn't matter anything. It, when we've got folks who you know have had jobs outside of the specialty, that can bring some can you know can bring a skill set to the rest of the board it might not always be there it might not have already been there I and mean, of course we've got to have educators we've got to have education professionals on a school board but it helps to in my opinion to have somebody who you know who knows how to build things.
2: Well, most definitely I agree wholeheartedly with having educators involved and on the school board um, but like I said I think a good mix is what makes a good board
1: That's good that's good. I like the sound of that. A good make, a good mix makes a good board. Yes. Yeah, we guess we need to see that on billboards or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, not much on the the billboard. This, this politicking part is definitely not my suit. I just love people and and love children. It's there's nothing like it seeing them succeed.
1: Now, are you from you're from around here?
2: Yes, Williams Township. Uh, born and raised. I actually have lived on one road until i was 19 and my father moved into my grandparents house and i lived there with him a couple years and then moved back into the home house so i've been on old crib town or carl stevens road all my life
1: i say that that's one of the things that i love about our county is the fact that we do have so many people who have got deep roots here you know it's not like in some of the other places where you know new folks are coming in and say well i want to change things which is not always bad Not always bad, but I like seeing people that care about their homes enough to be willing to put themselves (laughs) on the line to run for political office.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I agree as well. And with my um, contracting business, we work a lot in Brunswick County and surrounding counties, and I see a lot of the good and a lot of the bad that comes with with growth. And uh, growth is good as long as we have our local people like we're doing involved, getting involved, and guiding that ship to growth.
1: Now, we're talking about growth, and that's and you mentioned Brunswick County, that that great big old shadow down there on our horizon that keeps moving this way. I mean, we've got, I think they're running out of land in Brunswick County and ORE. Yeah, how is that going to affect the school system in the coming years?
2: Most definitely. Uh, we're we're going to see it on the east end as well. Wilmington's running out. Uh, Wilmington, and then on on I mean, uh, Brunswick County, and on my end, Horry County, and uh, I think it's going to play a a big factor in the next. My opinion, the next ten years probably some areas different than others, but with the inflation and things going the building may slow down in the next couple years. but I think the next big boom that will happen uh will really come into our our neighborhoods
1: and, uh, it's uh we've got scrambling going on with you know and all the questions going on as far as you know zoning and water and wastewater and a lot of folks don't, unfortunately, they don't immediately think in terms of the schools. And that's something we've got to worry about.
2: Most definitely. That is, we we always need jobs and infrastructures, but schools have to be right there. You, you can have arguing points about which one comes first, you know, the chicken or the egg, but uh, I feel like they got to go hand in hand in, in some form or way, some fashion.
1: Where are we standing as far as, you know, we always talk about teachers. And of course and we need good teachers and we have everybody has problems recruiting good teachers but we need other folks in the schools
2: yes i agree wholeheartedly the uh we, we know we're short on teachers and we've got to do try to do whatever we can whether it be funds whether it be recruiting um efforts which i think our board is starting to to do that and it's got some things already in place that that's going to help but also our um, itinerant staff, our bus drivers, our bus garage, or uh, custodians—I uh, feel like that sometimes they're left out, or funds really just makes it hard. Um, so I would like to see maybe some different avenues that we can recruit those folks as well. and
1: hey, Anybody who disregards the bus drivers? Yeah, they've obviously never had a parent calling them a few minutes before eight o'clock in the morning because the bus didn't show up. That's that's right, and and I get those. <laughs> I don't have kids. I'm not with the school system, but I get those calls. <laughs> yes,
2: it is a it's a it's a daunting task. Uh, we are such a large landmass here in Columbus County, which is, you know, what we all love, but it does put constraints on us, and it does make it difficult to have bus routes and have enough qualified people to drive those buses. Um, and I feel like there's some some ways that we can. Make that better
1: well what role you know what role do you see technology playing in our schools in the coming years
2: well it's it's here there's definitely um, no way none of no way we can live without it and it's our children need to be taught the new technologies and keep moving forward the problem as a school board is it changes so quickly and things can become so expensive that's another financial difficulty um, but we have to face it uh, do think there is some other hands-on stuff we can work with too I'm, I'm in favor of all technology there's even more technology we can implement with our trades that that we don't see in our trades programs
1: i'm glad you brought that up right there because i mean I, I mean i remember building some houses in high school Yeah, you know, back in the dark ages when we just about only had a oil lantern it's not quite that bad but pretty close to it <laughs> and we got away from that for a few years I, we're we had folks from southeastern on here several times recently, and that focus is shifting back that focus is shifting back to the two years degrees from the community colleges from You know for welders and plumbers and builders and mechanics and that type of thing And of course both the city and county school systems have been doing more with that But yeah, you know, do you see that as something we really need to especially as a general contractor? As a contractor, I'm. You yes. know I mean? Do you see the folks coming in that have got the skills that you need them to be able to put them to work?
2: No, most definitely not. The the we have had some improvement, like you said, uh, over on the west and the south end. For years, they would build uh, houses with their class and then resell those houses, uh, and that was a, a good program. But even then, they could sit. They could see as instructors at the high schools that they needed even more training that, that to get these kids what they needed, and that's when. Uh, CCA come about and we now have that involved with Southeastern and there's some good programs there Uh, and again we have kids that need to learn hands-on and that's a trade and a job that they can succeed at and make a living a a good living and I want to continue to help grow that. I'll be
1: real truthful. Sometimes I look at it and I, you know, I, I really wish I had moved over from blacksmithing into welding years ago because I'd be making a whole lot more money than I do in this business. Most well, definitely. But, I mean, it's hard work, but it's a, it's a skill, and I think people are, I think pe, I hope people are starting to realize, hey, we don't need to look out on these people who got dirt under their fingernails and calluses on their hands
2: most definitely and and like we mentioned we we come into this talking about technology and and you mentioned that it is still labor intense a lot of the jobs we do but with technology and as i've grown and followed my father around and my grandfather around uh the way we do things are so much less stress on your body than it used to be Uh, we have we own three or four forklifts and uh, those were things, uh, backhoes, digging equipment. That when I came along, it was a shovel uh-huh. and a hammer. So, um, there's there's lots of things out there to to help us be a good contractor, and you have to have to to run your own business, even if it is a trades, a plumber, electrician. Uh, well, you, you know as well as anybody running a business, the the taxes and the license and all the things that we have to do you you have to be educated it's not just a, a grunt job that you just throwing a person out there that doesn't have any other thing they can do they are skilled that i love the term skilled labor and a skilled workforce cause that's look at what the industrial
1: happened. recruitment guides and you, you see the word skilled labor all the time up one side and down the other yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, I think that's an emphasis we're starting to see more of here in Columbus, and I'm glad to see it. I mean, that's a, that's a real good mark for our leadership. But at the same time, we've got to have that skilled labor force to do that.
2: That is correct, and, and um, I think we're moving in the right direction. We just got to keep on keeping on, as I say a lot of times, and there's always room for improvement. We all know that in our lives and in our jobs. There's always something we can do a little bit better, but as long as we are got a My wife's going to love this. I use the term game plan all the time. I love to have a game plan of where we're going and what we're doing. Then we can, even if we have hiccups in between that, we have goals set and a guideline to go by.
1: I mean, we've been talking a lot about education for the trades and, you know, potentially moving on to four-year degrees and technology. But, you know, it gets down to, you know, the, the three the three basic R's from years ago, reading, writing, and arithmetic, which is still bad, you know, bad spelling, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. There, do you feel we've gotten too far away from that? Do we need to reemphasize that, put it in there at the same time?
2: I, I do. Uh, we can all see that if we've if you have children or grandchildren uh, you can see that some of the things that we're requiring teachers to teach and how they teach it is tying their hands it's a good system it, you know it was probably like my game plan i was talking about they set it in place but also with any good game plan when you see something's not working you have to be able to change and redirect and i think sometimes things get shoved down our our teachers and our administrators and our county level state levels that is just don't work for Columbus County and and I think that's a big challenge is working with our teachers meeting the requirements that are required but yet teaching the basics like our children can learn and like we used to learn
1: I hear a lot of support for teachers coming out of you it's good to hear that you know, because that's uh, because let's face it folks they've got a huge responsibility and they need to be they need to be taken care of. I don't just mean compensated; I mean they need to be supported.
2: Most definitely, and and rewarded. I mean, we like I said, you got all this uh, restrictions that that check teachers' progress and these kids' progress, and all that's important. But we really need to focus on rewarding them and knowing that they're doing their best and show improvement in each child.
1: Well, Chris, I want to thank you for coming in today, man. Appreciate you coming to talk to us. And good luck. And stay with us for more of the Columbus Connection.
3: Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Call 800-201-1478 to customize your plan. Plus ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money back guarantee. Call 800-201-1478 now for your free quote. That's 800-201-1478.
1: And Welcome back to the Columbus Connection, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver. I'm here with Jody Green, our incumbent sheriff. Jody, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Why do you want to continue being sheriff of Columbus <laughs> County?
4: <laughs> I, I actually enjoy it. Uh, wanted to make some changes. That's why I ran the first time, and those changes are up and going, and we're ready to do it. We want to continue on with what we started.
1: Well, uh, now, how long have you been in law enforcement for those uh, who aren't familiar with you? Close to 34 years been around the block a little bit uh, here and there. Long when I care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> now what uh, what some of the things y'all got going on out at the sheriff's office right now that you've put into place since you were elected?
4: Well, uh, quite a bit to be honest with you. One of the biggest things that I'm proud of is uh, the raises that we secured. And uh, folks, that weren't easy. That that wasn't just a matter of going to county commissioners. We had us a plan. And we went there. We didn't go there with our hands in our pocket. We coming over to plan. It's where we implemented the jail federal inmate lockup. That helped, and uh, it worked out for us. Proud of the equipment that we got. Proud of the men and women employees we have. Let me tell you something. We have got a wonderful team, very good team. Animal Protective Services. That's another thing I'm proud of. The changes that we made out there. If any of you knew how it was before and how it is now, I think you'll agree, things are a lot better. Uh, Proud of the East End office. Uh, we've got a satellite office That's store.
1: something I, I keep on hearing a whole lot about. It hits me that was you know, For years, that was my main area that I covered, and I've got a lot of friends down there, a lot of folks I consider family, and they kind of felt like they were the stepchildren for a long time. But they were.
4: I mean, in the early 90s, when I was a deputy here, I mean, that was, was just uncharted land. I mean, it was just so far from everything. And things going down there, too.
1: Yeah. And we got that growth coming up from Brundle County. Absolutely. That area, so. So what are some of the other things you're looking forward to that you want to do with the sheriff's office if well, you get reelected? Well,
4: one of the main things I want to focus on is what I've been focusing on the whole time is drugs. Uh, did you know that the biggest killer in North Carolina now is overdoses?
1: That's incredible. Well,
4: that's problem. Last year in Columbus County, <clears throat> we had at the same time frame, from January 1 to 829, 2021 we had 129 overdoses. Same time frame, we had 85 deaths. Wow! This year, right now, as of today, we got 50 overdoses and 26 deaths. Same time frame. So, we have made an impact. Uh, and I don't think people understand how we do the drugs thing. I mean, it's not. We just don't walk in and throw a dart at the wall and say, "Let's go get them." We take a look at the reports when they come in. We take a look at all the calls that people call and complain. Please keep those going. I can't tell you. You might not see nothing happen overnight, but it's happening. And we take all that information and we compile it. And we put our resources in those areas where your violence is, where your B&Es are, where the biggest conglomeration. And that also goes with the overdoses. And That helps us identify what drugs are coming in the county, what areas we're having problems with. Once we do that, then we start working. And we devise this heat team, right? When I started, there was five narcotics detectives for 54,000 people. That's not efficient. So we created a heat team, and we added five more people. So now we've got 10 people, but they work alternating shifts. Well, your drug detectives, they work the bigger cases where they're going to be tied up in court and a bigger investigation. Your heat team is right then. If you get a complaint in your neighborhood and we send them to you, that's our that's how everyone's they're looking who's in this that's your area. Quick what, reaction. Quick type reaction. Exactly. And they work hand in hand and that has been with well, drug arrests are up thirty three percent. There's two parts to drug dealers though. Drug dealers need to be in jail. They need to be arrested. But do all your users need to be in the jail. I I say not. <clears> that's good people that's made bad decisions. Then it goes into another issue, mental health, which is the biggest topic that we have in Columbus County that needs to be addressed, not okay. just to Columbus County.
1: Okay. It's something I keep hearing over and over. Not I've heard it from the exact words from you. I've heard it from the elected district attorney. I've heard it from judges. I've heard it from other elected officials. We can't arrest our way out of the drug problem. You can't, and I see it
4: all It's recidivism. It's the same ones, in and out of our jail, in and out of our jail. So what we're trying to develop is a MAP program in our jail, medically-assisted treatment. That's uh, that's where it's going. We've got to do something to fix these folks that are strung out, that's made bad decisions. If we can correct that problem, well, that's going to hurt supply. It's basic economics. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. So if we can get these folks the help they need, uh, I think it'll make a huge impact on all crimes in Columbus County. It'll make a huge impact on... Economic development. Then you have a workforce that these companies that want to come to Columbus County can pull from. If they a million, multi-million dollar company comes to Columbus County and nobody can pass a drug test, what, what what good have they done?
1: Yep. Yeah, and that's and
4: the, to help the citizens of our county. This is what we this is what we're focusing on: developing something within our detention facility where we can get these folks help. And it, it's a long process. It's an expensive process. The shot along the medical, the medical uh, treatment program is anywhere from 1100 to $1,600 shot, but there's grants. And we've got some companies we're working with. We're, we're trying to develop it now as we speak. Uh, and we're getting some good feedback. And another thing that's going to probably help some is the opioid settlement that North Carolina uh, received. Uh, that money has got to go toward the treatment and educate, getting these people straightened out. So uh, we're optimistic something good's going to happen.
1: I keep that's something I keep hearing over and over from you right here that yeah I don't know if a lot of people caught or not is grants I mean this is not necessarily money that this is you know not money that's coming out of the taxpayers' pockets here absolutely
4: grant money grant money and that's uh, that's what we're jumping on that's what we live off of as grants uh, don't get me wrong we've, we've got a good county government now we've got across the board school boards city and county our county manager and his staff, the county commissioners, we're all working the same way. There's a synergy here now. I mean, the community college, everybody's working to make Columbus County go forward for a change. And it's great. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Yep. We can't back up now. But uh, going back to the mental health issues that Columbus County and, and North Carolina's face, we've got people in our jail that have no business there. Yep, we've got people in right. our jail that are actually been sentenced to go to mental health but there's no beds for these folks it's not just here but we've got to have some help in Columbus County we, we don't even have a, a psychiatrist in the county that I'm aware
1: of uh, from what folks have told me that's the case I've you know, spoken with family or people who have family members who need one and there's not one here but this goes back to
4: mental health this is everything that we do is based off numbers it's a number driven business just like any other business just like your business here Jeff you've got to look at it that way out of overdoses there's nine people that die a day in the state of North Carolina gun related uh, deaths 3.8 percent I don't know where the point8 percent comes from that's the statistics vehicle crashes 4.9 of the gun related out of the 3.8 percent 59 percent of that is suicide. By our teenagers, and the main cause is mental health depression. That's what yep. they're saying. So there again, let's focus on the problem. The problem is mental health along with drugs. That goes hand in hand. It's kind of synonymous of one another, and that's what and it's a hard thing to deal with. You know, mental health issues has always been taboo. You can't. Uh, they don't want nobody to admit they got it, folks. It's a real thing. I see it daily. You won't believe how this is destroying families, and you got to have some help. And we got to develop something in this county to get our people the help they need. Uh, And unfortunately, it
1: starts with y'all. It starts
4: with law enforcement. We deal with it every day. IVC orders, involuntary commitments, they're through the roof. I've got cars up to the mountains every day. Uh, Some of them, it's a fix all for drugs, which, like I said, drugs and mental health go hand-in-hand. Hand. But when you take away from the people that really need the mental health part of it, that's where it becomes a problem, and that's where we're getting back up. Like, the pipe is clogged with that right now. Nobody knows what to do with them. The same thing happened in the late 80s, early 90s, the crack e- epidemic. Yep. Now it's the opioid epidemic. And we're, well, I feel that we're late identifying the problem again, just like we did with crack. And it's going to cost us a fortune. It's already cost us a fortune.
1: Now, y'all have gotten some new equipment out there that's drawn quite a bit of attention here and there, (laughs) to put it lightly. Are you
4: speaking of our military equipment? As
1: a matter of fact.
4: Okay. (laughs) Let me explain to you what this program is. It's called the LESO Program, Law Enforcement Support Program. This program is headed up by the United States Department of Defense. And what they do is all their overstock of personal property, which includes helicopters, trucks, tractors, anything like that, as long as you can facilitate drug enforcement or counterterrorism, you get that equipment. And let me be clear, 100%, it is free. F-R-E-E is free. I was the woman that Laura Flanders yeah. show said something like, we have $3 million worth of equipment. She's totally wrong. It's $13 million worth of equipment that we got that cost the taxpayers nothing. It don't cost nothing for the helicopter to sit in the hangar. When we fly, we do have to fly ten hours a month to service and upkeep on it. And it's not what you think. Uh we flew the helicopter during the strawberry f- festival. People thought we were showing off. But what they don't realize is we had a, a reliable complaint that something was gonna happen that day. That's why that was done, folks. And let me tell you, nothing happened. I've heard that most people compliment feeling safe because that helicopter was there and that's what that helicopter for that helicopter is not for joe green that helicopter is for columbus county citizens when you need it nothing else will work i promise you yeah there's some places can't just plain can't get to yeah. in a hurry well we look for stolen equipment with it, people hiding stuff in the woods that's a valuable tool we now have drones at columbus county sheriff's office uh, we've got some great technology we still got a ways to go but we're at the table now I promise you we can investigate our own stuff we don't have to wait on another county or another entity to come in and take over and say we'll take it from here and, because we didn't have the equipment or the training I promise you that is not an issue now this county we are ready for anything that happens and I hope everything goes just like smelling roses but prior planning prevents poor performance yeah. we plan for the worst and we certainly hope for the best
1: now y'all have got some other stuff, some some other equipment through that same oh, program. Out there. trash
4: bags. Uh, well, a lot. Like say from the helicopters to trash bags, but tires for this free equipment, we've got pallets of tires, uh, water tanks, uh, f- deep freezers, targets that we qualify with. And those targets, believe it or not, cost money. Yeah. Well, we get them free from the federal government. Uh, the only thing that we don't get from, we don't mess with weapons. Uh, we don't do but that. You yet. do not you deal do with not, any weapons, do not government. mess with military weapons. Absolutely not. Absolutely.
1: And of course that's I remember very well in Florence riding on a MRAP during a flooding situation. That's so. that's what
4: it's for. It's, we had a situation three or four weeks ago, barricaded subject uh, shooting at us. We pulled the armored truck that the military provided to the front door in the future situation. He thought we were going to drive through his house. And we could have. Nobody got hurt. He didn't get hurt. None of our officers got hurt. It's a deterrent, just like presence. When we show up, folks, just look around. If you don't agree that there's a big difference with Columbus County Sheriff's, are you seeing deputies now? Do they look happier now? Do they look motivated? Are they driving nice equipment for change? They're not leaving oil stains in your driveway. They're showing up, the car not breaking down, and look how well they're dressed. That puts pride in your people. In return, they're going to do you a better job. They take pride in what they're doing. They enjoy their job. And I'm
1: proud of them. Yeah, I can, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, border on skirting an edge right here, but I'm going to speak as a citizen. I know you've made a difference, y'all have made a difference in hallsboro where I live.
4: Yeah. Well, like I said, it might take us a little while. If we got 40 breaking and enterings on the east end and only two on the west end, we're going to put the bulk of our resources to focus on that where the big deal is happening right now. Right. But one thing that we have done is put more boots on the ground. We've hired more people through grants, uh, just like the traffic team. And we're not trying to be the highway patrol. We're not. But when we stop these cars, look at the drug arrests we're
1: making. they haul it in the cars. That's going to be the thing. They don't fly their drugs in here on storks or anything. They're coming in on vehicles.
4: That's right. And that's what we're focusing on. Drugs. If we can take our county back from that, we'll be far better off than where we are today
1: well what's some of the what's something else that you really want to look forward to why should you know, let's let's sum it up and just say why should people vote for jody green to go back and share it?
4: well we've made a lot of positive changes we've got a lot of good ideas moving forward we want to finish what we start we've got a lot of good ideas for i refer to it from the jailhouse to the doghouse to doghouse being now in protective services <clears throat> that in, that's with us now that's in my wheelhouse uh, We've made tremendous changes out there, folks. Please, come take a look, especially the ones that remember how it was beforehand. We've got a play area for them now, covered shelter, a place where you can go sit and see how the dogs react before you adopt. Please come adopt, too. All you will. Please.
1: they kind of tight right now, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but uh, Another thing I want to say. Oh, yeah. School was started. Take your time. Leave a little early. Be respectful of the buses and the children. Thank you all very much.
1: Everyone, thanks for being with us on the Columbus Connection. This is Jefferson Weaver for WTXY and ColumbusCountyNews.com.
3: Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Call 800-201-1478 to customize your plan. Plus ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money back guarantee. Call 800-201-1478 now for your free quote. That's 800-201-1478.
1: and welcome back to the Columbus Connection, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver. I'm here with Randy Williams, who is our candidate for District 1 for the school board. I appreciate you being with us today. Now, are you on the
5: ballot? No, sir. I'm a write-in candidate. You actually have to circle, uh, black and in the circle, and physically write my name on the ballot. Randy Williams, District 1 County Commissioner. Now, why do you want to be
1: on the county school board?
5: I have a lot of concerns about our youth, our senior citizens, and infrastructure. That's primarily my three top subjects that I want to address when I once I get on the board.
1: Now, what do you think the priorities for the county ought to be?
5: Right now, infrastructure and bringing development in,
1: businesses for our youth, yeah. services for our seniors. And of course, we've got... You know, we've got programs going on out of the community college and that type of thing. But, the, yeah, I think the, you know, the job training is a big thing that people keep being concerned with, yeah, keep being mentioned. And, of course, the other side of that coin is getting jobs in here. And how, how do you feel that you can help with that? Well, once you start building your infrastructure, you have
5: business move in. You increase your business parts, homes, subdivisions. Uh, I'm all about having a rural county, but we can develop it in a way to keep ourselves rural and have growth.
1: And I think that's going to be one of the big things that's going to be coming up. Of course, you know, just recently, the Antioch Farms project up here in Whiteville, with, you know, all the controversy involved in that. But, yeah, how? what are we going to do with all these folks that are moving up here but can't find a place in Ori and Brunswick County? <laughs> well...
5: I wouldn't say it's unfortunate, but I believe they'll be looking for property, probably living here, traveling to the beach. A lot, of course, that's one reason we're local to that. But at the same time, we got to come up with something we can build here to entertain them and keep them within the county to build up our tax base without raising
1: taxes. That's all possible. Yeah, that's, that's the, the struggle that we're facing being a rural county and still being somewhat behind, you know, in a lot of cases, is you know you get kind of a chicken-of-the-egg situation we gotta have the revenues to do these things with but we got to do these things in order to create revenues that's correct now what do you what do you see as the role for the board
5: uh, maintaining the budget sensible spending uh, spend tax dollars on items that bring businesses attracts people from the outside I mean, we've got a lot of people coming through Columbus County going to other places, but we got to have something to
1: get them to stop
5: and and spend some money in the county.
1: Now, of course, you know, if, you know, if we get a good positive development in here, you know, like I think everybody wants to see, and what's going to be our big issue then? I mean, you know, what, what are we going to have to deal with?
5: Uh, you're going to have to deal with the infrastructure. Do you, we've got plenty of roadways. A lot of them needs widening, resurfacing. Uh, you got to have ways to to get these people where they can mobilize to and from where they want to come from. When that comes along with infrastructure, may involve some other roads in the county that needs to be crossed over from these developments.
1: Yeah, I they could. Yeah, you know, just uh, again going back to Antioch out farms. I was just thinking, yeah, you know, 40 to 48 new septic tanks. All right, now we multiply that by. Potentially hundreds of people moving into the county. To, yeah, hopefully in the coming years. Yeah, sewer sewers going to end up being an issue. We can only do so much protecting groundwater.
5: Water and sewer is going to have to be a big issue. And it's the, it's it's got to be planned. Which there's people that know how to do that, engineers. But you've got to have a better water sewer system than what we have. A lot of people don't have county water and sewer right now. Some of them been living on the same road for 60 years i've talked to a few of them they don't have it which there's not a lot of individuals living on these roads but they've been paying taxes all these years so they're just as important as a road with 55 people on it.
1: Yeah, i think you just nailed it. yeah i think you just nailed it right there a lot of folks end up feeling like well they're you know their districts being left out their communities being left out because they're they're not as big or not as important and that's not the case. I mean, the, you know, the taxes coming off Iron Hill are the same amount of taxes that are coming out of Western Prong or coming out of Rigglewood or Evergreen. True. And I think that, that all-county approach is what we're going to have to go with. And I think it's, some folks have been missing on that here and there. And, of course, still got to look after your district. But I mean, that's...
5: <laughs> uh, it, it, it all involves a group. you got seven districts, seven commissioners. I I I look at it as you all come together with your needs in each district and and spend wisely. And I think, you know, in the last three to four years we've done a good job of that. But I think we can do better and I want to be part of that and I've been in highway infrastructure for thirty eight years, started with the shovel and worked my way up, so I have a lot of knowledge and I have worked. You might
1: in, know a little bit about roads after thirty eight uh, years. Just, just a little bit. <laughs>
5: But I know, I know a lot more. I'm, I'm, I'm no smarter than anyone else, but I have a lot of experience hands-on. I've worked in communities from the Virginia line to the Georgia line, and I've seen a lot of growth. I've seen a lot of small towns mm-hmm. kind of what you might say go downhill because the road was diverted around. Chabron could be one I'll such f- place the fair bluff. but you got to build them back up and have something individuals in the county and from outside the county, wants to go shop, see an attraction of some sort.
1: Now, are you from here originally, more or less? Uh,
5: We moved here when I was six years old. I think that's close enough to count. That's (laughs) close enough. Uh, Old enough to remember getting here. And uh, (laughs) I left and went to Raleigh in 1985 after high school. uh, Some people don't like to hear this, but there weren't a whole lot of opportunities here. So, I had the opportunity to go to Raleigh and start working in highway construction. Started out shoveling asphalt and uh, kind of worked my way up from there. And unfortunately, a lot of that happens to individuals here.
1: And, that, that's, and that's something that I've heard all the way across the board with everybody that I've talked to when we've been doing these programs. As we, you know, a you know, teenager gets graduated out of high school, there's nothing for him to do. And your communities start drying up. So then, what do we do? How do we stop that? With with that
5: being said, about drying up, that's another concern of mine. We have. It's kind of like Frederick Douglass said many, many years ago. We all know who Frederick Douglass is. It is easier to raise strong children than it is to repair broken men. Yep. It starts with the kids, and we must look out
1: for our seniors. Where, what do you think we should be doing more for our senior citizens in the county? Well, that's
5: a, that's a tough question to answer. Um, you, there again, with so many leaving because of lack of job opportunities, unfortunately, the ones that leave, they, they move off, start their families. Well, they can't come back every week or every month. I had that issue in the late 80s, in the mid-90s, started my family up outside of Raleigh. Uh, it was tough to get back. So you have your seniors here, and they don't have a lot of support, family support. It's not intentional, but they end up struggling quite a bit.
1: And of course, we've got you know, several programs going on already in the county with the you know, the feeding sites and the, the visiting sites, as one lady I know calls them. But, yeah, you know, that's, that's all we've been concerned because we've got an aging population. Yeah, yep. okay. whether we whether we like to admit it or not, we've got an aging population. So, yeah, that's you're you're actually one of the first ones I've heard mention that since we've been doing these interviews. So, <laughs> well, the, the,
5: the children. I mean, it, it starts when they're young. Um, you know, I had a great family support teach us how to work. Um, Many others do, but unfortunately, when they get a certain age, they they gonna leave here and, and go to work. I was fortunate enough to get job opportunities back this way, so I moved back about 12 years ago. Um, and I still work outside the county. Very little of what I do is inside the county, but I'm here every morning, every evening. I actually semi-retired, uh, and that's what enables me to be able to run for county commissioner in District 1. Now, that's that's
1: what I was about to ask. If you, you know, if you had a full time job, it'd be kind of hard to do. So Somebody expects you to be a full time commissioner with overtime. But
5: <laughs> anything you do good is full time.
1: Yeah. Now, what are some of the things you think the county could be doing better? I know that's kind of a tough question at this point, but. Not really. Yeah. Not really. Tell
5: me about it. Um, uh, another concern of mine is uh, that we call it. Um, Clipping the shoulders. You have a lot of water laying on the roadways where the shoulders hadn't been clipped so the water could run off. Uh, that's one of them. Uh, the amount of, and this is probably on the state level, but a lot of it is a lot of our intersections. You got all these youth driving, starting out driving. You got seniors. They come up the intersections. You got trees overhanging, tall grass. You can't really see what's coming or going. I mean, some people that's minor, but me and the infrastructure. Uh, it's all about safety and keeping the county clean and
1: green. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of them right off the bat that I've let our friends out of DOT know about, but it, uh, it gets kind of complicated because it's you know they're right away yes, but it's private property at the same time, and they're having to go through the machinations to deal with that. But we won't worry about that from in. No. But what are some of the other things you think the county can do better?
5: We have got to figure a way out. And it's probably going to take grants to do more for our our youth. When I say youth, I'm talking uh, from newborn up to 12 to 13 years of age. We've got to have more that they can get involved with to build a structure to where they can move forward. You know, you have Head Start. Head Start's been around probably since I've been living. Well, you know, Head Start's great, but we need
1: to give them a heads up. Yeah, so you know, speaking of youth, how, yeah, you know, where do you see the school growth coming in the coming years?
5: I think the the school growth is is going to be good if we can get more infrastructure, get more people to move into the county. I'm about growth, but you got to have sensible
1: growth. Yeah, that's I, that's that's reassuring. I mean, one reason my wife and I live here is because it is still primarily a rural county. I mean, we left Wilmington. Thirty years ago for that very reason we realized we ain't lost nothing in the city I moved back here for that reason
5: and job opportunities allowed me to get closer to family like everyone else I've got uh, aging parents I've got uh, family in the, the county uh, even though they say they seen me more when I lived outside of Raleigh than they do now <laughs> but we are closer
1: now you worked on yes you worked in the highway industry for a number of years and we always get you know those messages this time of year to slow down and move over and all the rest of that. I mean that road safety is probably kind of important to you. it's It's, it's very important.
5: Um, I'd like to see work zone traffic control safety driving courses added to the driver's ed classes. Uh, it's very important. you uh, we're all pretty bright. And energetic, but if you take someone just now driving in a rural county and they go to Raleigh, Myrtle Beach, a lot more traffic, a lot more situations to deal with, uh, work zones, uh, 74 is one of them right now. Uh, several 74
1: sections. and 701 and, right and, here in Whiteville. And, and that
5: traffic pattern can change from day to day or week to week, month to month. Uh, it's not like a completed project. It's not the same pattern every day. So I'd, I'd love to see some, something like that in the driver's ed program across the state, not just here in the county.
1: Now, you know, since we're trying to focus on, on looking after the kids, keeping the kids home, getting their families here, if, if you could wave a magic wand and create jobs in Columbus County, what kind of industry would you think? Yeah, would you like to bring here? Uh,
5: highway infrastructure companies, rather it's producing pipe, concrete aggregate uh, I'd like to see programs on a level to where if you get out of high school maybe you're not going to, to NC State or Clemson uh, we have some classes where we can teach them how to run equipment uh, give them some kind of pre employment Training before they go to these organizations because it will increase their value at their starting pay. And it'll be make it easier for them to stay home. Hopefully, at the same time. Yes, sir. I mean, if you live right here, I have many people I deal with that go to Raleigh. Uh, I reach out all the way to Charleston sometimes and work on a few projects, um, and that's okay because the money's coming back here. Right. But the problem you got is a lot of that money they earn is spent before they come back across the county line or state line we've got to have something here to where we're spending money in our county
1: randy i appreciate you being with us today i know we won't we won't get into it on the air but you've had some challenges you've been facing today and still got here on time and i appreciate that fact i appreciate you having me. and everyone again this is jefferson weaver with the columbus connection and remember folks tell your favorite candidate we can get them on the air 15 minutes, no charge. It's not an ambush situation. Just a good opportunity to get your views out there in front of everybody. For ColumbusCountyNews.com and WTXY, this is Jefferson Weaver.
0: This has been the Columbus Connection with Jefferson Weaver. If you have a story that you want to share with us or a comment on a previous program, you can email us at Columbus Connection at ColumbusCountyNews.com. The Columbus Connection is produced by Jones Media Partners, and the program is recorded live at the WTXY Studios in downtown Whiteville, North Carolina. Our in studio producer is Daryl Jackson. Be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Columbus Connection. Thanks for listening.